On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to all the boys. To Shimmer Her Story, a women's athletes retrospective podcast. I am your host Stacey and I am joined as always by Stephen Graham and we are here to talk about Shimmer Volume 14. How are you today Stephen? I'm good Stacey. Um, what's brown and rhymes with Snoop? I don't know what's brown and rhymes with Snoop. Dr. Dre. <laughs> you are killing me. I'm good. You How are, are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm fantastic now. Uh, thanks. Um, anyway, guys, we are here <laughs> to talk about Shimmer today. Uh, volume 14, uh, which was taped on 1st of July 2007, and was in fact the first Shimmer show so far held outside of the Eagles Club in Berlin, Illinois. They have journeyed down to Florida. And this has been held at the Citrus County Auditorium in Inverness in Florida. And, yeah, so this is our first uh, foray around the country outside of outside of Chicagoland, yeah. so, which is exciting. It was. And, what did you think of the crowd? I mean, it was good. Like, considering they were so far outside of their home base and, you know, it, they're obviously in a much bigger room than the Eagles Club is because there was a lot of space behind. Yeah. Um but I think, but the crowd still was really into it, uh, the whole show, and they were, you know, getting into all the matches. They were like high fiving, yeah. You know, the wrestlers when they came out and stuff. So like, yeah, I, I considering it was a, you know, an away game. They they had a pretty good crowd, I thought. <laughs> yeah, the only issue I found um, I was having is that they didn't react like the Shimmer crowd. Like they they reacted more. I felt uh, like an indie crowd where heels and faces didn't matter as much. I felt. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I, I'd agree with that. Like, they're not as, yeah, as traditional maybe as the, the shimmer crowd is that we're used to, where the, the heels are heels and the faces are faces. But I also, in turn, I don't think we got as much of that on the show as well. Like, we didn't have such dastardly cheating heels as we maybe yeah. normally do. I think the booking well. so kind of played had, that up too. Yeah, like it was more of a, just a traveling show rather than that kind of thing. Um, which again, like maybe just reflected that they were on the road and they were just, yeah, trying to put on a good indie show. Um, yeah, in fairness. But, but yeah, no, I mean, it was just pretty good. Um, one thing I want to note because it's not something I thought about until afterwards when I was like starting to write down notes, but like this was held on the 1st of July in 07. This is the weekend after Benoit. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's how close this was to, to when Benoit happened. And it's just, it's amazing because you can watch this and, like, obviously, you know, different companies, not like they're going to bring it up, but it's like you would have no idea that, like, the entire wrestling world is just in, like, free fall at this moment. That's true. Um, you know, in this moment in time. Like, it's just crazy. Wow. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so this is the uh, the combination of the Hot Summer Nights tour that they did on this weekend uh, with in conjunction with Full Impact Pro with FIP, who's based down in Florida. So they basically 
FYP did two shows on the weekend, the Friday and Saturday, and there was a shimmer match on the card of those FIP shows. So on the first night, Lacey uh, beat Delray, Danger, and Daisy Hayes in a four-way, and which is a nice little note because Lacey is getting a, a shimmer title shot on this show, so at least she's already kind of won, beaten Delray on this weekend to kind of set that up a little bit, even if they didn't really frame it that way. But yeah, yeah she's already got a big win over Delray in this weekend. And then on the next night, on the Saturday, uh, Chilean and Melissa defeated Amber, O'Neill in a dark match before the show. And then on the FIP show, Kong and Lacey and Rain, the homewrecking crew, defeated uh, Daisy, Delray, and Danger, the baby faces. Huh. So, yeah, and I mean, and there's a lot of names that we know on these FIP shows, just like out of curiosity, because I was having a look. Like, obviously, Rod Strong uh, is the biggest one. He was the champion at the time. Yeah. Like Eddie Kingston was on the show, Larry Sweeney, Jimmy Rave, like Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Like, yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say Jigsaw. <laughs> Hello Wicked, like lots of names. And and Aries, who by the way, is married to Danger. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Nice little little note there. And so and even on this show, um so yeah, this is this was taped on a Sunday. This is the first time they've taped on a Sunday, I believe. Oh. As well. A historic uh, first Sunday taping. Oh, you start first time ever. Yeah. Um, there was also an FIP dark match on this show. Oh yeah, like this is a, great. That's a reversal. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, in the dark match, uh, Roddy Strong defends the FIP title versus uh, Masked Sparkler, the Masked Flipper sixteen, and and a predator that we will not mention. Okay, a redacted uh, wrestler. A redacted wrestler, yes. Uh, but yeah, so interesting. Yeah, so they did this little co-promoted tour over the weekend and both put their shows on and then both sort of guested on the other shows to kind of, and it would have helped Shimmer to draw a crowd if they were, um, yeah, venturing as far as Florida mm-hmm. um, to do it in conjunction with FIP. Um, yeah, and they said on the show that uh, the Shimmer title will be defended on future FIP shows and future uh, Ring of Honor shows. Um, I don't know if that ever happens, but uh, in in theory, uh, this is kind of a good way to start that up. Yeah, start of a good relationship, yeah, with them. And, yeah, get get the Shimmer title on on some of these shows now that they have it. So, yeah, it's pretty good good stuff. So now we will come to the actual show. Yeah, and... Which opens... Oh, let me say. (laughs) The show opens. uh, Becky Bayless standing... Way too close to Lacey. Uh, <laughs> they are outside. This is the historic first time ever outside promos uh, because they're in Florida in July and they can go outside. Um, yeah, they're just standing in front of like a wooden fence. It's really weird. Anyway, and Bayless uh, is is interviewing Lacey. And so Bayless introduces herself. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Lacey rolls her eyes at this. <laughs> and I mean, we are literally like, 2.3 seconds into this show, but like just slap some eyeliner on me and call me Jimmy Jacobs because I love Lacey yeah. so much. She's just ridiculous. Anyway, and then this just was just a short promo hyping up in the main event where she gets a rematch for the title with Delray. And she uh, makes it known that she lost the title. She didn't win the title because it was a conspiracy. And she'll make Sarah Delray the shortest reigning shimmer champion in history. 
she's the holy one. Well, look, no matter when this happens, she, it's technically true. And I also the shortest like, and the longest. I also like your implication that it's never good to go outside in Chicago. Well, I just it always seems so dark and cold when they're like shooting there. They always do promos inside in the backstage area, and I think now that they're in Florida, like they were just like, look, it's outside, it's sunny, it's you know. I feel like I'd be. I'd feel more safe going outside in Chicago than in Florida. I suppose it depends where in Florida. <laughs> That's true. I haven't I haven't really well, I mean I have been to Florida, but only as far as the panhandle, the and to Navarre, because my uh good friend and and the most prolific podcaster in the world, Jennifer Smith, uh lives in Florida. So I visited her, but I've never actually been to like the, the main part of Florida, so Oh yeah. I've only been to Orlando for a work conference, so um, I don't have much experience, but um, yeah, we can all watch the news and know some things about Florida. So let's, <laughs> we don't need to talk about Florida much. Um, Fair enough. So the opening match, we got um, our favorite Portuguese princess, Ariel, uh, maybe the only Portugal princess I know, uh, Ariel. Taking on uh, Amber O'Neill. Since the end of the monarchy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, taking on Amber O'Neill, who's who's not wearing pink or purple or anything, which is kind of cool. And she's got kind of like this uh, Sasha Banks esque outfit. Um, that was was kind of cool. Yeah, she looks a bit different. Um, and it's also speaking of different, it's so weird seeing them in a different venue. <laughs> yeah. Like, not seeing the usual, like, entrance and curtain that we see. Like, they're coming out onto the stage and have to walk down. And it just it feels very out of context because the Shimmer shows so far have been so tied to the Eagles Club. Like, it's – yeah, it was weird. But anyway, yeah, Amber. Yeah, she came out in, like, a – yeah, white sparkly thing. <laughs> yeah. It was good. I also – I like – as this – um as the match started, I liked how they mentioned that Amber O'Neill obviously is – a regular on the Shimmer roster, but she wasn't in the title tournament uh, from the previous taping uh, because her win-loss record isn't good enough. Yeah. She, you know, she didn't qualify. She needs to get some wins if she wants to start to get a look in at, at the Shimmer title, which, again, like we always say this, but it's it's really good how they make the wins and losses matter on Shimmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, Prezak is such a joy to listen to uh, with Danger. Those two just... They educate, they give you history, uh, they build up things for the future, and they explain the match really well. They're really, like, they are they might be my favorite commentary team ever. Like, I, I really adore them. Um, and every time we watch a show, I'm reminded of how awesome they are. Because, like, sometimes we go a while without recording. I know we release one every, like, two to three weeks. Uh, but sometimes we go, like, six weeks without recording, and it's... Not the easiest always to remember what happened, but uh, Prezak and Danger always let us know, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, they really are very informative and very good. And I mean, and even for us, like, watching, yeah, like you said, you know, six weeks between us taping, um, it's probably quite similar to the experience of following along live at the time like when you wait a couple months for the next dvd to arrive and then watch it and you have to get caught up on what was happening on the previous shows to be like oh yeah that's right like so it's probably a necessary function that they have to remind people of what's happening and where everyone's at and they do do a really good job of it Mm -hmm. also on commentary 
they announced, I'm not sure, um, I think you told me this personally last time we spoke, but I don't think they've announced on the show yet until this point that uh, Alison Danger will face Cindy Rogers tonight in two out of three falls. Yeah. Next up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, next up. Danger does commentary on the first match because she's superwoman and can get ready in uh, a turn of the uh, a turn of themselves, right? <laughs> is what her theory must be. Yeah, and she's well exactly. And she's yeah, so she's sitting there saying, "No, I watched the tape. I learned my lesson." Like, oh, I, oh yeah, I love says, that. What she says is, <laughs> what she says is like I learned I learned I saw the mistake of using that STO like, you know, last time in the bull rope match. I mean, no, the dog collar match, whatever yeah. it was, the dog collar match. As we discussed you know, from the last show. And listen, what mistake did she make using an offensive move in a match where the rules were supposed to allow for her to do that? And then it just, I'm still not over this finish of that last yeah, show. <laughs> Go and listen to our last stupid. show if you didn't hear it because <laughs> we had a lot to say about their dog collar match and the finish. Um, and but the thing the is, um, <laughs> there's no lesson she could have learned because this is not a like a touch the corners match. This is pinfall submission. Yeah, like, there's nothing she could have done about it, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. She was stupid. But she said that, and I was just like, no, no, you were right, honey. They were wrong. You were right. But just, uh, Oh, anyway. no, I'm full on team referee on that one. Um, but I, I don't <laughs> – there's no lesson she could have learned because no. you can't learn – you can't touch the corners for the win. Um, and by the way, we're talking a lot about things that aren't this match because this match was a Shimmer special opener. Um, which, if you haven't watched Shimmer, or if you haven't listened to our podcast, means it's a very good and basic and short match to ease everyone into the show. Um, where Ariel gets a nice win with her Ace Crusher, uh, and looked really good, and Amber O'Neill was a nice, arrogant heel. The characters were put over, but, uh, yeah. Um, not much to say about the match in general. I don't know what you have to say. Yeah, not really a lot. Yeah, of note in this one, just a basic opener, as yeah, as we all know and love. Um, the only thing I will note is that uh, Amber O'Neill is the one to grace us with the first ever uh, camel clutch performed in Shimmer outside of Illinois. So, um, <laughs> the first, the first road camel clutch. The first of um, many. <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, I did note that. My thing, yeah, and Ariel wins, uh, you know, with the, the RKO. Um, my thing is, they have this match, Ariel pins her, the match is over, and then Alison Danger says, all right, well, i got to go, go and get ready, my match is next. She stayed until the end of the match, Stephen. <laughs> I know. Like, what in the, like... Does she have the stretch? Ago, two volumes ago, she walked out on the finish of, like, the Sarah's match, like, the best match fucking in the history of Shimmer yeah. at that point to go and do stretches. But, like, she sat here and watched the whole entirety of Amber <laughs> and Neil versus Ariel in nine minutes. Like, I just... <laughs> yeah, like, in retrospect, she shouldn't have been out there for the opener. Um, I, don't, I, I don't understand this woman. <laughs> she's very arrogant, I think. She's just, she's something, I just, but I just, I don't understand, like, she, she couldn't just wait and watch the end of the Del Rey match that was, like, <laughs> blowing everyone's mind, but today is the day she's decided, no, I'm going to sit here and wait till the, till the finish of the match, like, I just, I, it, 
I'm just flummoxed. Well, anyway. I have a theory. Yes. So, as you might know, Amber O'Neill, we might say, is one who likes to cheat. And mm-hmm. Miss Danger is someone who hates cheating. And I'm sure she wanted to stick around to make sure that uh, Amber got embarrassed and lost. And the Sarah's match, there wasn't any really cheater that she needed to make sure got her comeuppance. That's true. I will accept your theory. <laughs> Thank you. And I think, but I also think it means that she's gone completely around the bend. <laughs> yeah, and she's lunatic. That's the right. cheating has driven her completely insane. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Um, and the very next match, actually, as Allison Danger takes on Cindy Rogers, two out of three falls. Uh, for some reason, my earlier comments on my notes here are all about gear, where uh, Danger's kind of got this cool camo gear. And um, and Cindy Rogers is she's morphing into um, a Bret Hart clone <laughs> more and more every show. Uh, and she's getting there even more so now. But uh, I don't know. Why, like, I've, I've noticed this recently watching these shows. Um, you never think of, like, Allison Danger and Steve Carino are siblings, and I never think of Steve Carino as a Canadian, <laughs> ever. Um, but, like, Allison Danger's always got maple leaves all over her gear. Like, I couldn't even find an American symbol on her gear this time, just maple leaves. Like, I don't know what's going on with those two, or how they grew up, or what the situation was with them. Uh, but I, as a Canadian, I was obviously more focused on that than probably you were. Uh, but I, I find that interesting. I don't know what happened with these two growing up. Yeah, well, see, I, I noticed it too, only because uh, Danger is very Canadian, and I obviously like identifies very strongly as Canadian, wears the maple leaves and stuff. And then when she's announced, she's announced as from somewhere in Philadelphia, in um, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like, she's not even billed from Canada. And I, that, that struck me. I was like, is she always billed from Pennsylvania? But I think she is. And I'm just like, why is she billed from there if she's so Canadian? Like, It's, it's just, so weird. It, yeah, it's, it is very interesting. Yeah, and I think and I think when she came out and the look on her face, when she came out to have this, this sort of big final, I imagine, match with Cindy Rogers, like... And she didn't have she the mask. Looked, she no, looked she on, focused. yeah. She didn't have the mask on. It was just her face, and she looked fucking ready. So it's like, I take it back. Obviously, you didn't need to warm up for this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she spent the but whole like, time just like getting angrier from uh, from Amber's cheating. That was uh, got her pumped up for this one. Yeah, like she was ready, and like I'm ready too because this has been a, a big feud, a long feud, and and this seems to be the actual blow off. So, uh, um, why don't you start with the first fall? Okay, so the first fall, uh, they lock up and Cindy uh, rolls into a roll-up, uh, pulls the tights, and wins. <laughs> it was awesome. I, I didn't skip anything. That's literally the first move of the match was her pitting her. Uh, with pulling the tights, ref didn't see it, she gets the three. Danger jumps up, she's furious, she's kicking things, she's going out of her mind. If she hadn't already lost it, she then just got cheated on again. <laughs> it's completely gone now. Um, her shit has been lost. 
So, uh, yeah, li- yeah, literally just a flash pin to start up the match, which, like, I mean, interesting. <laughs> I liked it. I was, I was I, happy to see yeah. something different there and anything that, like, man, I love every time anyone cheats against Alice in Danger. It brings me joy. <laughs> it just brings her one step closer to insanity, uh, yeah, as, as we've seen. I'm waiting for Alice, like, man, like, we haven't really read ahead, so I'm not sure what happens, but, like, this has to be leading to Alice in Danger, like, completely losing it and becoming heel, right? Like, eventually? You feel like, but it's just, yeah, it's, I mean, we don't know. Uh, you know, nobody tell us. We don't know yet. We'll have to wait and find out. But, like, yeah, it's, it's, she's just so very, like, righteous about it and fixated on it. And it's just, and it keeps happening to her, like, in return, like, especially through this feud. Like, it's just, like, yeah, and I think I think I liked this finish less by the end of the match, like which which I'll get That's to fair. when we get to the end. Um, so then we get the second fall, um, which you might want, you can go into. Okay, yeah. So uh, this one is treated more like a start of a, a match, <laughs> like they're exchanging holds. Um, you know, we get Danger had a really cool takedown into like a flip pin attempt. Or two that was really cool um and i have a comment from dave prezak here that i found very fascinating about how shimmer is run and dave states that as long as two wrestlers agree to a type of match whatever stipulation they agree to shimmer will put it on huh i, I actually missed him saying that they can do whatever step they want. So, like, if Shimmer Management says, okay, Danger and Rogers, you guys are going to have a match, we agree. If Dangers and Rogers say, we want this step, Shimmer has, like, no say in it, it sounds like, from what Dave's saying. Well, I think, I don't mean that they, I don't know if that means, like, they have no say, but it's more just, like, they have a policy of, like, well, if both the wrestlers agree they want to have this particular match, we're not going to stop them. Like, you know, like, if, We'll put it. We'll put on the match, you know, that they want to have, you know, um, you know, to sort of facilitate, you know, they want to have this fight. We'll put it on. Like I think it's just them having like sort of a hands off management policy where they're like, okay. you know, hey, if you guys want to beat the shit out of each other, uh, you know, in a dog collar, then go for it. Like, it's sure. A good thing like, Megumi Kudo was never in this promotion. <laughs> Is uh, probably good for Dave on on his uh, <laughs> technicality. So we we got a lot of good danger uh, technical wrestling, um, some arm bars, all this stuff. Uh, there was a cool, really cool spot here where Allison. Uh, there was a sliced bread number two, um, not done on the neck by Danger, but done on the arm. Uh, yeah, it started a combat. Yeah, that's that was cool. neat. Uh, Cindy Rogers as a stump puller. Like she was uh, Bully Busick, which was neat. Uh, and then uh, Danger uh, uses her knees to make a comeback and get the second fall with the Shimmering Warlock. Um, so a, a really solid little fall there. Um, but uh, yeah, what did you think? Yeah, well, I, it, it basically was as if the match had just started and the first fall hadn't happened. It was like ignored. Like, Hey, like, because honestly, because Danger, by the time they got back in and started wrestling again, Danger, like, 
wasn't even mad. Like they didn't even brawl or do anything. Like they literally just started doing mat work. And I was just like, okay, like it was an odd choice to sort of, yeah, like it, it seemed like they just flat out ignored the first fall. Like it was almost like they just had to get it out of the way. Like it was really a strange choice. But anyway, but yeah, this second fall was just basically all on the mat all mat work and pretty much all Cindy as well. Like the, the longer this match went on, um, it basically, the story of it just became like Cindy Rogers is a really fucking good technical wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Like just more and more because she just kept doing all these holds, doing all these counters and just, and laying all over danger. And like danger couldn't really do much about it. Like she, she escaped from something. She like hit these little like moves, little comebacks trying to like, separate herself and then Cindy would just get straight back on the mat with her like it was just really yeah really interesting like there was a cool little kind of like Danger finally got some sort of hold on hold on Cindy and then Cindy just like immediately turned it into a pin and then turned it into a bow and arrow like upside down like it was just like like she was really smooth in this and really just showing off all of her like wrestling skill and Danger yeah, in the end, the only way Danger came back was um, just hitting some knees, uh, just hitting some big knees, big strikes, and then hitting, yeah, the Shimmering Warlock to get the pin. Like, it, it's almost like it's all she could do was throw strikes because she wasn't going to out-wrestle her. Like, that's the way I kind of, like, I kind of felt watching it. And that's how the third um, fall felt, too. And, yeah, like, it was basically the same thing. Like going into the third fall, like, it was just more mat work from Cindy, more wrestling holes from Cindy. And, like, she, like, she does this crazy, like, upside-down submission leg lock thing. Like, yeah. it just... I wrote down very interesting fall. submission by Cindy Rogers. Yeah. And I wrote down that it ruled, because uh, yeah. it ruled. Um, yeah, this is just the Cindy show. Like, and then they start doing, like, other things, like pinfalls and rolling cradles and and roll-ups and stuff. And it's just – and there's a point in the match in the third fall where Cindy just hits, like, a big neckbreaker. Yeah. And it actually – I stopped. Like, it, it, like, sort of stopped me in my tracks because I was like, holy moly, like, a move. Because, like, there have been so few big moves in this match, like, high-impact moves. It was all on the mat. It was all, like, wrestling and holds. And it was just – and that made something just like a neckbreaker, like, really pop because we hadn't seen – many high impact moves in this like it was yeah really like really interesting for that and then and again danger when danger was making her comebacks all she could do was just throw strikes like she basically gave up gave up the idea of trying to out wrestle her because she couldn't do it it's this feud has um really like if the goal was to make cindy rogers uh look great and like better than Alice in Danger, they're they're definitely accomplishing that. Yeah, and that's like, um, like honestly, that's exactly what I was going to say because like I don't know if you have any other notes about the third fall before the finish. Just just the finish, yeah. Yeah, because then because yeah, the finish they kind of go back and forth like there's some new falls and then Cindy just kind of pulls her back into a rear naked choke, and which like is called the TCB um for Cindy as as when Cindy's taking moves, care apparently. of business. Taking care of business, thank you. And yeah, and she's just, yeah, Danger's just in this rear naked choke and she's struggling, she's fighting, she's crawling. Like, you can literally see her, like, clawing on the mat with her fingers, trying to, like, get a grip to try and get to the ropes or something. Like, and then eventually she just fades 
the ref starts dropping her arm, like once, she goes down twice, she, and then just goes down three times. Boom. I did done. not like, expect just, that arm to drop the third time, I'll tell you. I, I was, like, not in my wildest dreams, did I think. Like, I thought that was, like, here we go, here's Danger's comeback. Mm-hmm. And, no, she just, like, she was just done, like, knocked out. And so Cindy wins. And it's, and again, like you said, like, this whole match, like, I felt was just Cindy just dominating her the entire time. Like, she's out-wrestled her the entirety of the match. Danger couldn't do anything except, like I said, hit strikes. She laid all over her the whole time. She even, even in the beginning, like, she got the fuck you, I'm going to cheat to pin you, pull the tights finish. Yeah. That Danger, that Danger couldn't even do anything about. Yeah. Like, you know, Danger like she was got, out, she, outclassed. Outclassed, out-wrestled, out, you know, thought, out everything. And then, and then she just choked her until she died and then beat her. Like, it was just, it was, she just killed her dead. And it, I mean, it's amazing. Because like you said, I think, I, I absolutely do think the goal of this feud was to get Cindy over um, as a threat and to put her over, over danger. And they, I mean, by the end of this match, especially, like, they absolutely did that because she looked amazing in this. And I think it was um, incredibly uh, selfless from Danger and a yeah. very good performance from Danger throughout the feud to actually to put her over like this so definitively. Because, I mean, even even during the feud, like, Danger won the street fight, but she only won the street fight from, like, a flash knockout kind of pin out of nowhere. She got beat up the whole time. She got embarrassed like, in the uh, dog collar. Exactly. Like, and screw that up. And then she, like, she got, like, one pin in this match, but it wasn't really, like, it didn't feel like she'd exacted any kind of, like, revenge on her. You know what I mean? It was just a fall during the match, and it, it didn't really mean much. And it just, yeah, Cindy just had her at every turn and then just won this match and this feud so definitively here. And... But I think, yeah, I think it was great. And I think it was great of Danger to put her over like this. And I think Cindy looks like a million bucks coming out of it and really looks like a threat to people higher up the car than she has been before it. And I got to say, any criticism we had about Danger at the beginning about uh, Triple H or Dusty Rosing, I apologize. Like, we were wrong. Uh, (laughs) Danger is definitely a, a team player. <laughs> I, I take it all back. I just <laughs> like it just yeah. Because and, and again, because I know I, I thought that at times in the beginning when she would like it would take too much to beat her or she'd have to get clapped out like Triple H kind of thing, like and it, it felt like it was a bit much, I guess, because you know, you're aware of, of her role, but it's like at this point, after putting Cindy over like that, it's like that's the kind of thing that Triple H or Dusty or Jeff, maybe not Dusty, but like Jeff Jarrett, like any of these, you know, egomaniacal, you know, part owner people, like could never, could never do. This was completely selfless, completely uh, of service to Cindy mm-hmm. and to the company, you know, in, in the end. And yeah, I think this whole feud and even the matches, like the, the best matches of this feud are the best matches Danger has had so far in Shimmer. Um, and they were all really good danger performances. So I just, I, yeah, I think she's been great through this feud and it was a great job of her to put Cindy over so strongly, uh, in the end. And yeah, and Cindy, I mean, in this match, like she was just showing off, like on the mat, basically, like she, 
she really like has so much talent and like I said this feud has really elevated her to then start going up the card and facing facing different people facing bigger threats and yeah so I think this has been amazing for everyone involved yeah so we'll see where this all uh, takes us uh, on our journey uh, yeah because it's and oh, go ahead yeah no I just I have one more thing because I know in the beginning I was like I don't know about this this finish because like the only like I still I felt oddly disappointed in this match, but like in the way that I was supposed to, because yeah. the heel won won so strongly. Because and it, and it, like I ended up just feeling sorry for Danger because she got cheated on to lose the first fall, like I was talking before. But like but she got no and, revenge for that, and she got no revenge. She got no redemption from it, like no sort of you know, and and just got beaten in the end. And I think that's why throughout the match I kept expecting Danger's comeback, kept expecting her to come back and win because Cindy had like dominated her so much during it and fucked her over with the first fall and I was just waiting for that comeback that just never came because Cindy was better she couldn't do it and it's just like and which is great you know great storytelling and great sort of elevating of someone but it's also it was I felt weird like weirdly disappointed because the baby face didn't come back and get her revenge you know yeah like and so it was just it was interesting to me that like yeah that they just left her out to dry, you know, yeah, kind of hung her out to dry, and Cindy just dominated her so strongly, but I think it was very effective. I do um, I do have two issues, though, uh, with this. Um, one is probably because of modern eyes, uh, but if someone gets choked to the point that they pass out, um, they should not be back out in ten minutes doing a job. Um, I'm not a doctor, but I would say that's probably not wise. <laughs> And second of all, because Danger is the commentator, um, it's it's kind of like a, a match like this, you should have anticipation about how Danger is going to react the next time you see her. Like, what is she going to do now that she's been completely outclassed against her rival and like seemingly the blow off? Like, we only got like five minutes of anticipation and then she just like kind of ignored it and moved on with her life. Um, and I know they'll address it probably in promos and stuff in the future, but just because she's the commentator, it kind of hurts it. I kind of wish they had a second commentator they could use in situations like this to work with Dave. Uh, I think it would just work a little bit better. Yeah, I take your point. Like, it's not something. Like, I think I noticed it when she came, like, because she came back to the desk during the next match pretty quickly and. Yeah, basically just didn't didn't say anything about it, like just just moved on and went back to commentating. And I think it's yeah, it's a hard sort of line to walk between being an active wrestler in this feud, but then also being a neutral commentator just trying to talk about the matches that don't concern her. Like and it's like especially like you said, after such a disappointing, you know, defeat from her and being you know, and being unconscious ten minutes ago, like it yeah, it's it is kind of jarring to just sort of go back to so happy commentator girl. Like yeah. it's yeah, but I guess like I, you know, I guess in reality it's just something that they have to do because she is there to do color. And I kind of, at this point, I don't want to lose danger of commentary because no, I actually really I enjoy her doing it. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a hard needle to thread when, when you have situations like this, where she has to turn it off and, and put her commentator hat back on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't 
Yeah. So there was a promo next. Uh, Becky is back outside with Lilia Hosaka, who basically says that she is a veteran. That makes her better than other people, essentially, right? Yeah, and yeah, not and also along with that is about her history in Florida uh, because she's oh, yeah, from from around here, and she said she had her fifth ever match here in this building uh, versus Wendy Richter of all people. Yeah. Uh, I tr- I tried to cage match match this. I couldn't find it, but I mean, <laughs> Ricky says she debuted in '87, mm-hmm. so. I assume she would have had her fifth match in 1987. So she, this was literally 20 years ago <laughs> at this point in time that she had had her first match. Um, yeah, started, started wrestling like in, in this building. So she has a lot of history in the building, in the area. So we'll see her later. Yeah. So uh, next up is her tag partner, uh, Lexi Fife, uh, taking on Daphne, who's uh, having her first match here uh, in Shimmer. Um, and it starts with some weird comedy. Uh, first of all, I didn't like Daphne calling Lexi old because she was 38, which is younger than me. Um, that <laughs> kind of sucks. Uh, and also calling her a T-Rex, like, I've yeah, never heard I... T-Rex used as an old person joke. Like, I, I kept looking at her arms. I'm like, your arms aren't short. Like why are you? What's going on with this joke? I didn't get it. Well, I think I think it was more that she called her a dinosaur first, like as in old. Okay. Um, you know, and then just started being a T Rex. Uh, you know, because that is a dinosaur, I guess. I just, yeah, I hated this. I know. I really eh? did. I just, I, I just generally find Daphne annoying. I, I, I'm not I can't on get board. I'm not on board. Yeah, I, I can't get around it. And yeah, this was annoying as fuck. And I really, like, I laughed because, like, she was being a fucking idiot and calling Lexi a dinosaur and, like, stomping around the ring and shit. And then Lexi just kind of, like, <laughs> like, very, like, calmly stands there and says, just because I have experience doesn't mean you should make fun of me. And I was like, you know what, Lexi, you're right. You are right. You are the baby face in this match now. <laughs> like, Lexi's so she good. She was the one being sensible, and Daphne was just being a dickhead. And yeah, and then the match starts, and we get some uh, comedy spots where Daphne uh, says, "Look up," and and oh, hits yeah. her, and then Lexi tries to do it back to her, and it backfires. And I just, yeah, I I can't get around Daphne. I just no, like Daphne. She looks like someone who's literally like wandered off the street and into a wrestling ring. Like she doesn't look like she's a wrestler. And it's like wrestlers look like a million different things. Like don't get me wrong. And it's not, it's not sort of about a a fitness thing or anything like that. It's just like, she doesn't look like she's a wrestler that she knows what she's doing in there. Like it, you know what hurts? She's just there to scream and carry on. Like (laughs) the the part that really hurts for me is there's like little parts of her outfit that are like, she's a court gesture. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, these hanging parts uh, that yeah, come I off. Think, yeah. I think it's supposed to be a little bit, like, Harley Quinn-esque. Okay. And that's where she would have originally sort of... I, I can only imagine. Because with the pigtails and everything as well, like, yeah. I, she just seems like a, a goth Harley Quinn kind of character to me. Um, but again, like, I don't, I don't get that. Like, this is how much I don't know uh, <laughs> about, you know, anything prior to, like, 2003. Um... 
they mentioned during this, and I had no idea that uh, the WCW was Cruiserweight the WCW Cruiserweight Champion. Yeah, I had no idea. And so I went and watched that Nitro yeah. where she won the Cruiserweight belt. That big mistake. Don't do it. Um, yeah. It was totally. It was the one where uh, Vince Russo and David Flair go to the Flair house and, oh, and mock Flair as a father and all that shit. And I just, like, holy shit, what a fucking mess that show was. Anyway, um, yeah. No, Daphne, I just, yeah, I can't get around. And especially in the ring. And I think... Uh, to throw salt in the wound, um, especially for you, Daphne was actually early on the card because she was a last-minute replacement for Portia Perez, oh. who is out with a broken hand. Oh, no. Yeah, I am so sorry, Stephen. I am here for you in your time of need. I appreciate um, it. She'll be back, yeah. though, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Um, we might even we might even hear something about about when she'll be back later. Um, yes. But yeah, this was just this existed. Like, I mean, Lexi. I, I want to talk about and, this this uh, yeah. a little bit of the commentary here, uh, which I found fascinating. First, uh, Dave explains that Lexi Lexi asked for this match after uh, the Experience had their first tag loss as kind of like you know a, a little bit of revenge, which I, I thought was a, a nice little book out. Uh, a little bit of booking there. And then my absolute favorite thing was, um, so there's been like two or three minutes, maybe like five minutes of Lexi Fife just beating the crap out of Daphne, right? Um, so Alice in Danger comes out and she's like so excited to ask how Daphne is doing. And Dave's like, <laughs> he's like a parent whose kid is barely scraping by in school going, well, she's doing pretty well. <laughs> He was just trying so hard to be positive. Like, yeah, I, I remember that actually. Yeah, she came out. She's like, yeah. So how's Daphne going? He's like, oh, look, she's she's still figuring herself out. She uh, she just needs some time. <laughs> like, yeah, like you said, you know, like she, she'll get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's still. God, you know. God bless her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and after that, they just do this angle where uh, Daphne twists her knee. I guess. An angle. It has to be I, right because they I, they do ECW booking where the experience comes out and they start beating up her knee, which brings out Serena Deeb, which leads to the next match. Like yeah, if well, that's like, called I mean, on the if that's called on the spot, that's pretty good. And like she yeah, went, no, and she just, pulled on the, the knee the, too. The like itself, yeah. And I think, and I. I like, yeah, you're right, because, like, when it happened, Danger was, like, so quick to jump in and say, oh, my God, look at her knee, her knee twisted. Like, when you couldn't see anything and she just took a bump off the top. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, because that's what, like, because Lexi went up top, Daphne followed, and then and then she kind of twisted her knee, like, on, like up the top on the ropes and then, like, took a bump off because she twisted her knee. And then Lexi literally just, like, hopped down to, like, and the ref was checking on her. And then she tried to pin, and Daphne kicked out, and then she just like did like a kind of like a toe hold and 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 made her submit. And yeah, and then like you said, they just started. Malia Osaka came out, and they started attacking her, and that brought out mischief and Serena Deeb to to start the brawl. And yeah, and the, and the ECW, <laughs> uh, yeah, thing where they just go right into the next match. Yeah. Like, yeah, which so yeah, so now uh, straight away. We get the next match, Serena D versus Malia Hosaka, uh, which, yeah, like, was, was pretty seamless. And you know what I thought? 
it was interesting because we just got the promo from Hosaka talking about how she's from Florida and has history in the building and etc. And the fact that they ECW'd this and just went straight into the match after they ran out, it stopped them from announcing Malia Hosaka as like, you know, from Florida <laughs> yeah. and getting like a getting any kind of like hometown pop. So I thought oh. it was pretty clever. Yeah, to that's avoid cool. That. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I just was like, oh, okay, yeah, they kind of just skipped over that bit. That was clever, because, you know, she has a heel. I just, my, uh, actually, I have a lot of... <laughs> I, I want to get one thing out before uh, before anything else, because yeah. this, this, this match was fine, um, but my favorite thing ever was um, there was a Boston Crab, and Alice in Danger on commentary says... She was sinking a little bit deeper into it. Yeah, and then oh no, I meant deeper. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she's back. She's she's on par. Uh, she's killing it on commentary. She's back. Yeah, there was like, a lot of actually a lot of this is commentary. Um, I have to say that my notes are on. Like because first of all, like when the match started, basically very early on, um, they start wrestling and. Serena Deeb like does her arm drags and, and it's a fire. Yeah, and and so Prazak's talking about like her deep arm drags and Danger is like, ooh, deep arm drags. I'll try not to get a crush on Serena. Like I had a crush on Ricky Steamboat and his deep arm drags. Like, okay, what? Like, she full on literally said that. <laughs> is her fetish arm drags? <laughs> Apparently, that's what does. How is Aries arms drags? Look, well, well, we're gonna have to. Must be good. They must um, be. You know, the proof is in the is in the pudding. Um, yeah. So she said that, and I was just like, "Wow, honey. Okay. So you know, a that nice to know. Um, you know, and and b, don't be scared of getting a crush on Serena Deep, honey. Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's cool. Like by the time this show comes out, it'll be about Mardi Gras. So just you know, you be you, honey. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, but that was interesting. And then um, and then also on commentary, uh. Prazak talks about that they have some new wrestlers coming in soon. I think he said the next taping, I, I didn't ca- catch it, but I just assume. And it actually name drops specifically Jetta yeah. from the UK. And Danger like puts her over, like she's really good, um, etc. And then also, uh, your old mate Portia Perez will be back soon, yeah. he says, uh, with Canadian tag team greatness. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that means Nicole Matthews is coming? Yes, yeah. we all know what that means. We get some ninja action yes. very, very soon. So, oh get man, hyped. I'm so excited for that because Nicole Matthews is awesome. Portia Perez is awesome. I can't wait to see them as a team. Uh, and, and Jetta, like, have you seen Jetta? I don't believe I have. So I haven't. Like, I started seeing Jetta in like 2017 in Eve. Uh, and she was basically an undercard comedy act at that point. So I'm really curious to see what she was like a decade earlier, you know? Um, yeah, like, yeah. Wow, she's so one of those, excited. Um, those indie names that I was always aware of, but like, I didn't really watch indie wrestling back then. So I I don't think I've ever actually seen Jetta in action that I can think of. So she, she was part of the first ever Eve Tag Team Champions. The best friends oh, with Aaron Angel. There you go. They might have had that this, name before uh, Trent and uh, 
Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor. Uh, <laughs> or they might have had it at the same time. <laughs> I can't recall. So, well, um, but uh, they were also best friends. So that's always good. Um, and well, she look, would sing a lot too, which was good. Um, cool. And she had like a hundred nicknames. So I don't know how much of this she still had, or she still had that she had before. So uh, I'm very curious. So I'm excited for Jada. I'm really excited for Nicole Matthews and Portia Perez. Um, this was good news, and I somehow missed this. So thank you for uh, sharing. Yeah, yeah. They just mentioned it during the match, and I think, and me too. Like I'm excited because I think the roster's been pretty stable um, for a while, um, and I'm. I'm very keen for some new workers to come in at this point um, to just, just add to the roster and get some new matchups. Um, I think the only other thing about this match is that I popped um, early when Malia Hosaka used uh, the claw, like the little yeah. like, ski on the stomach claw. <laughs> she did. You know, she really which did. Which is great. And <laughs> the other thing is that, like, I just – I just really like Serena D. Like, she's just such a great baby face. She's so, like, solid in the ring. Solid is she, such a word, like, for her, she, I think. Yeah, like, and she sells so well. She makes great little comebacks. And it just, she's just such a great baby face worker. And I just, I watch her and I just think, like, she should be getting the Nikki Rocks push. Like, she yes. should be the next baby face. Like, it just, it, you know, I, I, Serena needs, needs a lot more to do. Um, the the current NWA Women's World Champion, right? Well, look, she has a lot to do right now, which is also good. I'm, you know, I'm very glad that she is, yeah, working a lot, um, showing up in AEW and stuff. As far as I know, she did, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. And this was a nice finish She's too. Already, where, really uh, yeah. Malia is whipped into the uh, the corner, and she like kind of does the jump up and blind crossbody that uh, a lot of people do, but uh, uh, she missed and she got speared and uh, deep wins. So, fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, and she, she has a really nice spear. She does. She really really does. keen on her spear. So yeah, this was pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, then we have uh, Becky Bayless in the backyard again yeah. uh, with her wooden, wooden fence and interviews Nikki Rocks. And I have <laughs> absolutely nothing to add to this sentence. I lost, and that gave me the drive to push myself even harder to get to the main event. Tonight, I have my big rematch, and I will show why I deserve to be in the main event. Tonight, I will be the first to defeat Kong. I read that with two million percent more emotion than Nikki Rocks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God bless her. I mean... <laughs> Bless her heart, as, as they would say. Um, but yeah, just we. I guess we can wait till after her match. But I mean, we got to talk about Nikki. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but next up is um, quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers in Rain, uh, taking on cheerleader Melissa, uh, which is a huge test for Rain. So that's really cool to see. Um, am I starting on this one? Are you starting on this one? I've lost track. I've lost track too, but you go ahead. Okay. So, first of all, we get Cheater Melissa leading the crowd in a cheer, which I think this is the first <laughs> time I've ever seen Cheerleader Melissa do anything cheerleader esque besides holding pom poms. So, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's fascinating on that level. Like, just that 
when you stop and think about it, actually, yeah, she's a cheerleader who is a, a scowling heel and does no cheerleading. And then <laughs> she finally actually did, and never, and it, it broke danger. Like, yeah, she was. Like, she lost it. it it shut her down because she like she lost her shit and then tried to say that Melissa uh, leaded a cheer. She couldn't even like use English anymore because she was so freaked out. Um, yeah, so basically, inch by inch, Melissa is kind of, sort of, slowly more getting into being a babyface. Uh, you know, getting getting used to it, getting yeah. into it, which is nice. I mean, like I want to cheer for her, so like I'm fine with this. Yeah, and then we had Rain who came out and is like. Yelling at anyone who even looks at her in the crowd, oh, yeah. which is great. Um, is, she did, she was great at the start of this too, like just stalling, like like a motherfucker. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so early on, uh, she gets body slammed and she like throws a complete fit. Uh, she's uh, she's I think she she took a timeout. She sat in a chair. Uh, she, she broke the count a couple times, uh, but by the third time, because it's wrestling, uh, she got um, she got grabbed and dragged into the ring. Uh, <laughs> and so she's doing an armbar on Cheerleader Melissa and doing uh, like fucking push-ups. Like, what's going on here? This is pretty cool. Rain. And then yeah, and Danger freaked out and was like, "This isn't your gym, bitch!" Like, I'm a bitch. <laughs> yeah. That's what she meant. Uh, and we got some nice Joshi stuff uh, mixed in here. Like Rain to me is such a fascinating wrestler. Like her influences seem to be from watching is half Arn Anderson and half '80s Joshi. It's quite a combo that I absolutely adore. I love watching uh, Rain wrestle. I'm, yeah. Um, <laughs> so they exchange. <laughs> I just love Rain. Uh, so they're exchanging a lot of submissions. Uh, and there's there's a we talked about Cindy Rogers' great submission earlier. Uh, Melissa here, she does this thing where she's like stepping on her head while holding her upside down in a clover leaf. Like that oh was just God. vicious. Yeah. And this is like this is the second crazy mental upside down submission of the day, by the way. But like, yeah, Melissa did one that was like even Nalia and just yeah, stepping on her head while she's doing it. It was just yeah, amazing. I pop so much. Yeah, uh, and Rain's uh, really focused on the back here for every chance she's got. Um, and then at some point in this match, she just gives like this huge chop to Melissa, and. You shouldn't really do strike uh, strike exchanges with cheerleader Melissa. It's probably not a good idea. But Rain does it, and then she sneaks in some forearms to the back and actually kind of wins the exchange, which I thought was cool. Um, and she has a big advantage. There's a couple of hopes for Melissa. Uh, she's still focusing on the back. Uh, there's a cool spot where uh, Melissa's like tied up in the ropes, and Rain gives her like three drop kicks to the back while she's tied up, which I, I was good on. Uh, but then, yeah, Melissa makes her come back with some some huge Ash Lariats. But that was actually a hope spot. I was misdirected um, as Rain gets back on top. Um, and another great submission by Melissa. I didn't write down exactly what it was, but uh, really cool. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and this has led to a really cool exchange here where Rain grabs the ropes to get out. and But Melissa's not, like, letting go of the hold. Uh and Rain won't let go of the rope, so uh, 
rain turns <laughs> turns it into a fucking curb stomp, uh, <laughs> which just ruled. Uh, and then we get to a point where she's like holding onto the ropes. And so she has one arm on the ropes and then Melissa chops it. So she grabs with the other arm and Melissa chops it. And then they do that a few times uh, before we go to the back. Uh, And actually Rain gets another near fall, which shocked me. Uh, She hit this huge lung blower off the second rope. Uh, But Melissa goes for the air raid crash, which is countered. Uh, They exchange some holds and then uh, Melissa gets it back into the air raid crash for the win. Uh, And I I thought this match was awesome. I love this. Yeah, I really loved it too. It was great. Yeah, like, you pretty much sort of hit all the big moments, like, that I really loved. Yeah, like, the upside down one was so good. And, yeah, Rain was great working over the back when she actually got on top. And, like, you're right. Like, it's so weird because, like, there's such a, like, dichotomy between Rain as, like, the annoying, cheating, mean, yelling heel. And then Rain as, like, this crazy Joshy worker busting out, like, moves you know, from God knows where. Like, she, and she is, she really lays it in when she is on offense. Like, I love oh, it. Yeah. Um, just yeah. And the the bit you mentioned where Rain was hanging on the ropes and Melissa just curb stomps her. <laughs> like, it was it was great because it, it was really vocal. Like, yeah. Rain reached the ropes and they were telling her to let it go, and Melissa, like out loud, is clearly just like, "I am not letting go of this hold." And then Rain, like, just kept holding onto the ropes, and then she was like, "Bang." And then Danger's like, oh, she wasn't letting go until that, right? Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. And then, and like you said, and then the next bit where Rain was trying to hold onto the ropes and Melissa just kept chopping her arms off the ropes <laughs> and then just hit her. Like, and Danger, like, cackled through all of this. Like, she fucking loved it. She was popping. I was too. And, <laughs> yeah, and me, me too, me three. Like, it just, it was so much fun. Just such a good match. And really, yeah, laid some shit in when they were hitting each other with stuff, just, yeah, and then the finish, like, Melissa hit such a big fuck-off air raid crash to win. Yes, like, it, it was so brutal. And I just, yeah, I, I really love this. Like, everyone rules here. Everything was snug and laid and I just, like, give Melissa everything. Like, Rain is awesome too, but it's just like, every time I see Melissa, I'm just like, just push her to the moon. Um, yeah, I, I really like this. Yeah, and this really, uh, Got me excited for hopefully more opportunities for Rain, um, which is great. Uh, I, like this was a really good chance for her to face someone who was super awesome and to have a great match. So I hope she gets a few more opportunities like that. Yeah, and especially like the last few volumes because Lacey obviously has been in uh, so much in the title picture um, and having these big matches and Rain sort of yeah a little bit further down the card when she's on her own um, compared to Lacey. But yeah, this is a really good uh, featured match for her. And just, yeah, yeah, this is great. Yeah, and next up we have uh, Mischief versus Daisy Hayes. Uh, two wrestlers. Well, uh, Sorry. Just before we even get to that match, uh, the only thing in between was just the uh, ad for oh, ringofhonor.com. I the, cut those out of my notes finally. I've had enough. Uh, well, that's fine. The only reason <laughs> I want to mention it right now is because they were talking about all the shit they're selling on the website, and one of them was Scully's which I'm pretty sure is what they were calling skullcaps, like beanies, like which toots. following on from toques. Yeah, we had a previous conversation about what the fuck you call uh, a woolen hat on your head. It's and a <laughs> apparently someone at Ring of Honor has decided you can call them scullies, and it's just no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Um, as for another <laughs> note, beanies. 
They're, they're tubes. Um, as for another, the Australian do not have a say in, in what those are called. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but a, another fun note during that commercial is they're like talking about all this wrestling around the world that you can get. And they mention Lucho Libre and they literally show Jigsaw and Hollow Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they send Lucha Libre and they cut to like a, a Chikara, basically. Yeah. Like, that's, that's as close as they're going to get. I guess so. Oh my god. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, Australian Canadian uh, differences, how's the weather up there? Uh, there's like an ice storm and it's cold. I, yeah, well, I, I've heard about Texas at the moment. This is when Texas and southern states are going through their cold snap. Yeah, what's um, the weather like? I, ass- I assume it's cold up there as well. It's only negative nine or 15, I guess, is American. Um, but it, it actually warmed up a little bit as the the rain and the um, the uh, coldness kind of uh, dropped a little bit. Uh, I guess tomorrow it's supposed to be negative 14, so that's not it's, pretty. But no, well. <laughs> it sounds horrifying. <laughs> My dog's got her coat, so she's fine. It's all good. Well, I would hope so. Like it again, it just trips me out because it, when I hear negative anything, it just it sounds to me like like the ice age and everyone should be dead. Like so, it's just amazing. Like we like we are going through like a fairly shitty kind of February for weather. Like it because it's still technically summer, but it it's been raining the last few weeks. It's it's only been like it's only twenty five degrees today. <laughs> So, which, you know, it's like... That's know, too in, hot for in the, me. I don't in like the that. 70s, That's I think, too in Fahrenheit. That's too hot for me. I don't like 25. It's, it's freezing. Like, I, I have to wear tight. 25 is like, I don't want to go outside because it's disgusting. <laughs> that is insane. Like, I still like I, I still have to put the aircon on because it gets hot in the afternoon, even at 25. But, like... Oh, 25, I have everything full blast. I have, like, all my fans, everything going... I can't that is it. insane. I got up and opened all the windows. I still have my windows open. There's such a cool breeze at 20... Like, yeah, I love it. Man, there is nothing nicer than being in a nice warm bed while having like cool, fresh air coming from outside in the winter. It is the best. See, we never... like it, it's, it's never cold enough to have nice, cool air coming from outside. Like, we have to... Like, we have to sleep with everything closed up and the aircon on at night because otherwise it would be too hot oh, that for like bad. for like six months of the year at least there's nothing better than it being cold and you like covering yourself in blankets and stuff i don't know maybe it's just me yeah and where I grew but up. we have to yeah we have to create it with the aircon because it's <laughs> hot here in western sydney like <laughs> It sounds awful. Um, to no, me. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I love summer. I love it when it's hot. I hate this summer. This isn't even it's hot. It's too hot for me. Um, <laughs> I only like fall and winter. Spring's too wet, so I don't like it either. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my seasonal uh, thoughts. But, um, man, anyway. I had lost my train of thought. Yeah, Mischief and Daisy Hayes, two people that train together. And uh, started off, well, maybe they didn't train together, but they started off in the same area around the same time and definitely had a lot of matches early in their career. Uh, and this is as 
were pointed out the very first time they've had a match in Shimmer. So, um, and to start it off very uh, nicely, I thought. Um, I'm not sure about you, Stacey. Yeah, no, I really like. Well, first of all, it was it was kind of odd, like before the match started, because like Mischief does the thing that she often does, uh, which is scream at the referee to get get him away from her, so he couldn't check her, like like he checks all the wrestlers, and then. They were just standing there, and Daisy was, like, making a big point of, like, no, you have to check her, and she yeah. just kept screaming at him, and they just did this whole bit, and then in the end, Mischief was just like, come on, you know me, just trust me, and then they just started wrestling. My favorite part of all that is Bryce uh, Rensberg hiding in the corner, being scared out of his mind of Mischief, saying, please just wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed yeah, he, very I, hard at that. Sold it. Yeah, he sold it so well. I just, yeah, so that was a fun bit to open, just to yeah, do something different. And they did, yeah, they did really talk about it. Like they had so much history together and all this, but this is the first time they get to wrestle in Shimmer. I really like the start of this. Like it's just classic baby face wrestling, basically just, you know, going in and out of holes and doing all this stuff. They ended up even doing like the big standoff, you know, and everybody claps spot. Um, yeah. So I just, I, I really liked the opening. It was nice and friendly. Baby faces just having a nice wrestling time. And, and then, then <laughs> things shift. Yeah. So Daisy gets mischief in the corner and starts doing the big uh, leaping stomps to the back that mischief does to people in the corner. She steals her move. Mm-hmm. And this is basically what this match becomes about because then mischief turns around and steals the, like the slapping thing that Daisy does. I know it has a name and I can't remember the name of it. Peace, love and something. Yeah. Um, st- does her slaps to her and like, Ooh, here we go. And then, yeah. And this is basically what the match turns into. Like they just start stealing each other's moves constantly yeah. just to fuck with the other. And it's like, it started out as such a nice baby face match. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's turning into this, like being very like, tr- and they keep talking about they're just trying to play mind games and trying to get an advantage on the other, and you just and in the middle of this, uh, just as an aside, like there's a great another great referee moment with Bryce because mischief hit him. It might have been when she hit the big knee and and got a knee fall, and mischief looks up at at referee Bryce Rimsberg, and he's like, "That was two. and she's like, "Really?" He's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. And just carries on. <laughs> and it was like the, like the nicest complaint to a referee in the history of like organized sport. And then Danger is sitting there like, and she's trying to say, like, cause she got a kick out of it. She started laughing and she's trying to say that like, oh, mischief may be like scary and goth and like green and stuff. And then, but what she actually said was like, mischief may be green, but blah, blah. And then she realized what she'd said. And then, like, had to backtrack and be like, well, mischief isn't green. Like, she's very, you know, blah, blah. And, like, and like just tripped over herself, like, trying to, like, sell this moment. And I was just like, oh, honey, like, just, just, just relax. Like, it was just so awkward. It was funny. But, like, mischief was just so casual, being like, was that to me? Like, oh, okay, fair enough. You say so. Fair enough. And I'll um, move on. I, I, it's a lesson to everyone. Yeah, totally. Uh, and just uh, to play off that motif, um, we do, uh, Mischief did a, a, a daisy cutter and a heart punch. And uh, a heart punch. <laughs> Mischief does, or, uh, Daisy does a code green, uh, to Mischief. Um, and it was really cool because they, ex- um, I liked on commentary actually, Danger was good here. 
explaining how maybe these two are learning how painful the moves they do are and are gaining a new appreciation for them and how like they're learning what the rest of the locker room is going through by wrestling these two which was yeah that was neat was an interesting take yeah like but actually a really clever like point to make yeah, so they yeah they keep ramping up, keep stealing like the signature moves, and yeah, and Daisy hits the code green, and then she goes to the corner and starts doing the Shawn Michaels stumps in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I was confused. Getting ready for her like which was odd because I don't remember her doing that before. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just forgetting, but like it was an I don't like, remember interesting either. choice. Yeah, I don't think she's done that before. It was weird, and then and then she runs like to mischief, like as if she's running into like doing doing a kick. And then she just kind of, like, jumps up and, like, does this big twirly around the world Lucha Libre Ray Ray roll-up and ends up rolling her up and pinning her and yeah. wins the match. And it was just like, okay. Like, it was actually really cool. Like, it, it looked it looked great, but it was just like, okay. Everything was just, like, a choice in this match. Um, but I actually really liked it. And, I mean, it, it made a lot of sense that that they would do this, that they would work the match this way. Like... Like, Kurt Angle, this was not. Let me put it that way. Because, like, you know, people would give Kurt Angle the angle slam, like, and the angle lock, like, every other week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just, like, nonsense. This, like, it made perfect sense because they spent all that time talking about their history, how well they know each other, they train together. You know, they, they know each other so well. Even in the beginning, it was like, you know me, come on, we can just wrestle. And then they start wrestling and everything's normal. And then at some point, and I mean, it was Daisy that started it. Like at some point, someone made the decision to just be like, no, I need, I need an edge in this match. I need to get an advantage. And it's like, it makes sense that they would steal each other's moves because they know each other so well. Like, the, I'm, like I know that she does this. This will really fuck with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and doing it. And then it just got back and forth, back and forth so much because it's like, well, fuck you. If you do this to me. I'm going to do your fucking move. How do you like that? Like, and it just escalated until, yeah, right up until the finish. And then Daisy just ends up, yeah, pitting her with like the wackiest roll up you've ever seen. And yeah, it just, it, but it just gave it that kind of really like competitive psychological edge that like just a straight up baby face match might not have had, but it just, it made perfect sense. And I, yeah, really enjoyed this. Yeah. And I, I think um, that's one of the benefits too, of doing the commentary later is that, uh, Dave knows the story, so when he's talking about how they know each other so well and all this stuff, uh, it's like perfect in context uh, for later on. So it just adds to the whole um, story of the match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, another great match. Um, this is turning out to be a really good show, and now we get a clip of uh, Nikki Rock's first Amazing Kong from Volume Five, which was. Uh, an early favorite of ours. Um, so we get this. I can't rematch. believe it was that long ago. Yeah, it was. Because like that's when Nikki's push started. started really, yeah. like, she had the loss to Kong and then just started winning matches, and it just that was ages ago. Because we're up to fourteen now. Yeah, well, Nikki's had quite the push since then. Yeah. Uh, I you know what? Uh, it, I still get tripped up when Kong's music hits. <laughs> Because it's so ridiculous, and it's so, like, anachronistic to, like, who she is. Like, it's... I think it's very much who she is, just not who her character is. Yeah, like, in real life, I'm sure, but it's just, like, it's so, yeah, it's so strange to hear Kong coming out to that. But, like, anyway, yeah, 
at least like we've missed her on the last taping, so at least Amazing Kong is back, which, yeah. which is great. And I, I did like uh, later on they talk in commentary about how you know what if Kong was in that tournament, she probably at least would have went to the finals, uh, if not won it. So that was uh, yeah. interesting. Um, <laughs> and I like Kong here. She comes out with a chair, <laughs> and the referee uh, like is like lecturing her about using it, and she like kind of humors the referee by throwing it away um like I, yeah, think, I, <laughs> I like this again like a really sort of an oddly civil conversation with the referee like she she's a monster bringing this chair out to the ring and then the ref's like actually no we don't allow chairs in Shima. and she was like oh oh okay i'll just i'll put it down here it's, yeah it's my bad i've been like, watching <laughs> i've been going through joshi and um so dump would just carry weapons and do whatever she oh, wanted. She would beat up the yeah. referees and all that shit. And Bull was her second, and Bull learned that. And, you know, mid-match, she would just pull out nunchucks <laughs> and start beating people up. <laughs> uh, and Kong was her second, and Kong learned herself. And Kong would bring a garbage can to ring and keep it on the turnbuckle and just pull it out whenever she wanted. Uh, and I know Amazing Kong, at some point, uh, like five years before this, she teamed with Aja Kong in all japan women and probably learn some of those traits uh but the difference here is um bull dump aja they weren't throwing away their weapons they or they weren't listening to the referee they were the referees were very impotent in uh in all japan women but uh here kong uh, very nicely humors the referee um uh, as we turn out as we learn later on not for long um, yeah. but, but she does. Yeah. You're but yeah, her. so yeah, it's funny. Like, if this is Japan, like, she could have brought a flamethrower out and just, you know, <laughs> burn people alive and the ref wouldn't stop her. Like, it's. What I love is, yeah. what I've learned is each one has their specialized weapon that they get. Yeah. And they get to sort use of like that. Sort of like an action figure. Like, you just come with one yeah. weapon and that's, that's your weapon. Yeah. Exactly, which is, is very nice. Um, yeah. and they have a super weapon, too, I've learned. Um,. <laughs> Like, Bull Nakano pulls out these giant, like, super nunchucks every once in a while. Uh, and Aja Kong pulls out a chain when she's, uh, she's in desperate need. Uh, anyways, I, I could talk about, um, <laughs> those, those, uh, group forever. So, um, let's get back to, um, Rox and Kong, which I think it started off here kind of similarly to the last one where, um, Rox was kind of like this ball of fire. Uh, while Kong just laughs at her uh, <laughs> and then goes yeah, yeah. destroying her, um, which was really fun. And just uh, yeah. laughs off. Uh, Rox goes on the mat, tries to get her legs mission. Kong gets back up and just laughs. Uh, <laughs> then she starts uh, throwing some of the biggest chops I've seen in a while. Um, and Rox just tries a bunch of stuff, but it's kind of pointless. And then the referee gets squashed. Uh, and they go to the outside, and it's interesting here because they spend a, a, quite a while on the outside as um, Kong uses some chairs and just roughs her up throughout the crowd and stuff. And the commentators are talking about how the referee is down, so that's why it's fine. Um, but at some point, he the referee is up and like counting them out. But like, when did he go down? He did I? I don't think I even missed a ref bump. He got like, squashed like, in the corner kind of lightly. Did he? Like, oh, yeah. okay, I missed it. Yeah, so the announcers are but talking like, he about how, just... how he's down, but he wasn't. Yeah, they, he was they were all around the ring for five minutes, and Kong, uh, like, 
just destroyed her with chairs. Like, threw Nikki into the chairs, threw the chairs into Nikki, like, chair shots, everything. Like, just yeah. for, like, five minutes. And then, like, they pan back to the ring, and the ref is literally just standing there watching them. But like, while they're doing that, Dave and Allison yeah, are talking about how the referee is down, so that's yeah, why this is fine. And then they pan back to the ring, and he's like, fine, he's just standing there going, oh, come on, guys. Like, it was just, yeah, really weird. And then, and then Prazak had to, like, pivot to, like, the, you know, the bullshit, oh, he's just giving them leeway, like, that they have to say when the ref yeah. doesn't actually, you know, enforce anything. Like, okay, it was just really weird. But, I mean, but, like, I didn't care because it was fun to see Oh, yeah. See her throw Nikki into a pile of chairs. Like, it was, it was pretty <laughs> yeah. good. It, it very made me happy. And then, like, to even go off the uh, Joshi stuff, Rox does, like, a bridge out pin. Uh, kick, uh, like, a bridge out yeah. of a pin attempt. So, uh, uh, I was super happy. And she did the, the Sasha Banks uh, Meteora uh, for two, too. So. Yeah, which was nice. A lot of fun also, stuff. Yeah, at around the same time, um, Nikki does, like, a dive to the floor when Kong's on the outside. Yeah. And it, like, it just doesn't work like it's so weird it's like she she doesn't miss like she hits her but nothing happens yeah and kong didn't actually catch her and counter it she no. just kind of like stood there and then nikki kind of dived on her and then like stood like in front of her and it was just like okay and then they just like moved on with their lives and kept resting it was just it was the oddest thing it was like it didn't hit it didn't miss it wasn't countered it was just like she just jumped to the floor, basically. <laughs> like, it was the weirdest thing. And then, um. And then they did the, the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant trying to do body slams on Kong's spot a few yeah, times. Which, which was weird. Super random. Like, they go through all this thing. Like, Kong gets posted a few times on the outside. Like, and, you know, and then, yeah, and in the ring, Nikki just inexplicably just starts trying to body slam her. Like, she's Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Weird, but she does do it on her third attempt. She hits the body slam. Yeah, Uh, she slams Andre, and but then, but like nothing happens. Like and then Kong does the amazing press. Kong just yeah, Kong just gets up and and like goes for like a back fist and eventually just hits it and then and hits the splash and wins. Like it, you know, it's like she slammed her, but it didn't do anything. And it just and like and like by the end of it, it was like. I was trying to think about, like, what what changed from the first match. Like, the only real difference is that this one lasted longer. Because, like, this one was, like, over ten minutes easily. And it's well, just, like, they made a big deal in the first one about her, like, lasting, you know, ten minutes with Kong or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but the first one, one longer, it was unexpected that yeah. she would survive. And in this one, I don't know, she wasn't an equal. No, it but she was wasn't of, surviving. It was the same kind of match, really. Yeah. Like, and it's just like I don't see what has changed, even after Nikki has got this whole push and like momentum and big wins and everything based off the first one. It's like they come back and basically just have the exact same match, and Kong just wins again. Like it, it, it felt like like it was fun to watch because you know Kong throwing anyone around is always going to be fun. Um. But it was like from a like a booking and, and storyline perspective, it was just like I don't really know what what they were going for, like what he really got out of this because it felt like they had the same match that they had in the beginning, and it's like you know they've had like eight volumes in between when Nikki's had this this big push, this and big main event spot and like momentum, getting all these wins and stuff, and it's just like yeah, and 
I don't know. Like, I just, I just don't know about Nikki. Like, yeah. I know we get accused of being anti Nikki Rocks. Um, and yeah, probably. I mean, it's, it's not even anti, but it's just that, like, I don't see her push, her push is just outstripping her and what she's capable of at this time. And it's like, when she came out, like, I had, I have this thought, like, is, is it just because she's tall? You know, (laughs) is it that, is it that, like, Vince McMahon thing where, like, oh, you know, some guy is six foot seven, so we have to push him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is, is she like the big cast of, of Shimmer? <laughs> She's better than big she cast. Put, and, like, and, like, I, I actually Googled and, like, she's five foot nine. Like, I am taller what? than Nikki Fox. So am I. Yeah, well, I'm taller than you two then. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm five like, ten, I'll tell you. No, I'm five ten. Um, nice. But yeah, and it's just like, like she she does seem tall, I guess, in a sea of, of like you know women that that are often shorter than her, like the the uh, the Rhea Ripley fake tall effect. Um, but it just yeah, I just I don't see it the way that they're pushing her because, like I said, it's like Serena Deeb is like such a better baby face and such a better worker than her, and isn't awkward, isn't sloppy, you know. Isn't I'd rather even like, see. She doesn't even. Like Portia? Yeah. Well, Not like, Portia, I meant, uh, um, Ariel? Yeah, honestly. Like, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's just the push that I have the issue with because yeah. it's like, yeah, if she was on the, like, the second match, you know, with the Ariels and Amber O'Neills of the world, I don't think I would care. No, no. But it, She's not really matching up to this push in any way, and she doesn't seem to be really getting there either. Like I said, like this, this felt to me like the exact same match she had with Kong at Volume Five. When did not she much... debut in TNA? She debuted in TNA uh, about a few weeks after this. It's in July um, at the at the pay per view. So whenever the pay per view was, Victory Road, Victory Road's in July. So yeah, it must have been. Um, yeah, she debuted in uh, Victory Road 07. As a like as something completely literally different. fourteen days after. There you go. Two weeks later. Oh, you know um, what? This shit was on July first, right? Yeah. That's Canadian. That's Canada Day. No wonder uh, Alice in Danger was so so many Maple Leafs today. Well, there you go. Uh, happy retroactive Canada Day. Um, yeah. So, but she like yeah she debuted in TNA as uh the valet of um. The, VKM. Yeah, VKM, Road Dog and, and Billy Gunn, um, in the VKM thing. But like, because VKM stood for some bullshit like Voodoo something, Voodoo Kin Mafia. It was just um, Vince's initials, right? It was basically just to have Vince's initials. Yeah. Um, so they just made up some bullshit to, to fill in. And so, yeah, Roxy debuted as Roxy Laveau, uh, the Voodoo Queen from New Orleans. Like, full on, like, voodoo outfit um you know and like gyrating and being weird and like it just like i mean it's it's incredibly crass looking back on it now um because i actually watched that as well um, oh boy watched her debut because i knew that was coming up just after the show uh it's yeah and i mean it's she's the same thing just in tna like she's still just as awkward and and 
kind of sloppy as ever. But she just is now like doing like gyrations and voodoo gimmick shit to go along with it. Like it's yeah, it's it's something. And I just I I know I watched a bit of TNA at the time, but I don't remember offhand how I felt about Roxy the worker in TNA, like once she gets gets going, once the women's division starts going. So Stacey, um, did you watch yeah. two Vince Russo shows in the last little while? Was Russo doing TNA in 07? I don't know. Probably. I don't Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Remember? Because I know I left watching possible. TNA in like 05, like 06. Because that's when Russo came in. Was he fired that quickly? Actually, yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, he came at the end of 06, and then they like they beat Samoa Joe and brought Angle in, and then that was sort of the the end of that golden era yes. of like TNA X Division kind of. The whole you know, show was booked really well up until Russo coming in. Up until literally that point, yeah. Um, I can't. Like, I assume maybe he was still around at that point because um, 07 was a weird time for TNA uh, from memory, and it, it just kept getting weirder. Um, yeah, well, it's entirely possible. I watched two separate clips from Vince Russo shows, and that I sucks. I regret it immensely. He blocked me on Twitter. Nah, well, you, I, I don't even I haven't even seen him on Twitter. <laughs> I've never commented anything about him to him I on think, Twitter. Yeah. I think this is literally, like, the most I've mentioned Vince Russo's name out loud, like, in my life. For people who don't (laughs) know, I I fucking hate Vince Russo more than, for what he's done in wrestling, more than anyone who's done stuff in wrestling. There's obviously people who are worse, who I hate more, but that's for their outside-the-ring stuff. For inside the business, Vince Russo is complete and fucking garbage. Um, So, yeah. Fuck him. No wonder he blocked me. Bubba Ray Dudley and Dave Meltzer also blocked me, so he's an elite company there. <laughs> I don't even, like, yeah. I, I got him on Twitter. I just don't get into Twitter. Like, I would never bother replying to any of these people, so I just, yeah. I never replied to Russo or Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> it's okay. You're probably just better off. I, I definitely am better off. Um, but speaking of better off, um, the main event. And yes. first of all, Dave Prezak is a time traveler because he told us this is the historic first title defense in Shiver, of the Shiver title in Shiver history. <laughs> he stole your joke. He did. He, he said it for me. I, I popped. Like, <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of good stuff early on here. Uh, Lacey, you know, her entrance is so great. Um, <laughs> they did the ring introductions uh, for Selzame and uh, Lacey, and then Bryce is going to hold up the title, and Lacey's just pleading with him, like, can I try it on? Like, look at it. It looks like it fits yeah. me so well. Just let me try it on. <laughs> yeah, she's still being so fucking annoying about this title. Oh my god, like, she didn't just... shut up the entire fucking match. The entire, yeah, and the entire match. Like, like there was a, um, my favorite bit was early, where, like, Del Rey had some sort of hold on her. Yes. And, and Del Rey basically just says out loud, like, you're not getting out of this hold. And Lacey just goes, I might. <laughs> yes. And then she bit her to get out. And then bit her. And then, like, and as this happens, Bryce is there, like, 
watching them, like, like for Lacey to do something. And they have this conversation, and Lacey's like, I'm right. And then Bryce, like, literally just, like, face palms and just like, oh, my God. Like, can't even deal with you right now. Like, so, yeah, Bryce has had a lot to do on this show, and he, like, brought the sass here for Lacey. Very shortly and, yeah, after this, they exchange cravats. And then when Lacey's doing her cravat, she's yelling, mine's better, mine's better, and laughing. <laughs> so, like, she's just amazing. I just, I, I can't she handle is it. The app, like, man, anyone who <laughs> got great at wrestling this quickly and, like, completely got it more than Lacey, I can't think of anyone. She's fucking unbelievable. Um, and I know she has a short run, but um, if you're thinking about uh, GWE again, uh, you know, Lacey's sneaking into my list somewhere. That's for sure. Um, but that's a conversation for a later date. But she is genius in this, and Sarah Del Rey is fucking great, too. So um, let's not discount that, but I'll, I'll let you get back into the match here. Yeah, well, I just, yeah, like, Lacey is great in this. Del Rey is great in this. Like, Del Rey is so great in this that there's a point on commentary where um they just they just start saying, like, wow, what if we had a whole roster of Sarah Del Rey's? And they're like, how amazing would that be? And then they're all like, so, and they're like, and then they go on this weird tangent. Like, does that mean Sarah Del Rey should breathe? And then they're like, oh, that oh, was she, weird. she can't, she, yeah, she can't get pregnant if she's the champion and blah, 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 and all this, which is like, you know, wow. Like, until that was... 14 years ago, but anyway. But the ironic thing is they're having this conversation about, oh, she can't get pregnant and go away and have a baby. Like that, you know. Alison Danger is the one who gets pregnant less than a year after she said that. So, there you go. This was not good. Not a good conversation. I thought I didn't like that. Nah, it it was really awkward. And I just, yeah, I just found it ironic that, like, she was saying all this shit, but then, like, she's the one that gets pregnant. So, you know, go figure. Um, But yeah, the match itself, like, just really great like every little thing like Del Rey was so great at just like monstering her around like using her side like she put her in a like a full Nelson I think it was and just like flung her around the she did the yeah. Ken Patera spot that's a good old Ken Patera spot you put him in a full there Nelson and you do like I a giant someone, swing yeah, yeah. I, I know I'd seen someone do that before there you go Ken Patera yeah, it, was it was on the great. opening of Coliseum Hole video the early ones right that's why I haven't Anyone seen it. Anyone who remembers that. <laughs> but yeah, and then like she did like this really great like gory special. Yeah. As well, and then like turned it like and then flipped her over and turned into a backslide and tried to pin her and then like just started kicking Lacey when she was upside down like just like just great shit like it was a great slap battle like whenever they started getting into it and Lacey would just like slap her and slap it back and like it was out of nowhere so. those slaps like. They're, they're having this contest, which is um, Sarah Del Rey is a little bit le- better, but Lacey, like, I thought part of the story here, too, that I found cool was in the first match, Lacey was trying to out-wrestle Sarah Del Rey, and then she realized he co- she couldn't, so she, like, cheated and used Rain and stuff. This match, she's fucking cheating from the very first second, which is great. Um, but then there's a spot, like, halfway through that... Like, Lacey just gets up and fucking slaps her, like, as hard as possible. And then does it again. Uh, yeah. Just out of nowhere, it seemed, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, before, uh, yeah, it, it, just a spot in the middle of the match that 
I, I, I rather enjoyed in, in there. Um, yeah, just nailed it. And then, like, once Del Rey started hitting these big power moves on her, like, there's a point where Lacey is just like, my ribs are broken. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> and the next five minutes, every time anything would happen, like, no, my ribs are broken. <laughs> she just, yeah, would not shut up. Like, you're right, the whole time. And, um, so yeah, Del Rey gets to monster her around for a bit. And then there's a point, Del Rey goes outside. Lacey hits the most insane hanging dropkick through the ropes to yeah. her fucking face. Yeah. It just nails her. Del Rey eats the guardrail. And then, yeah, and, and this is like the big, like, turning point. And Lacey, where, like, like completely jumps outside, immediately jumps like, stomps on her face, throws her in and tries to get a pin, like, really quickly. Yeah, like, just nails her. Like, she just, like, turns it around so quickly. It was just, like, an insane dropkick. Just obliterated her. And that was the point, like, for me, like, it went up a level because I was just, holy shit, this is fucking great. Like, just, just so much good stuff. Like, and this is, like, like just as an aside, like, back to the commentary. Like, this is when they start talking about how, like, Dory actually has, like, a lot of challenges. Like, because yeah. we have Lacey here getting her rematch, but then there's also, like, Amazing Kong is undefeated still. Like, she deserves a title shot. And then Daisy Hayes just got a big win. You know, Sarah Stock, you know, when she comes back. And they're like, even back. even Mercedes, because Mercedes is the only one to have beaten the race so far. Yeah. Like, when she comes back, so they were just naming all these people. And it's like, and it's true. And so they really have a healthy, I think, title scene going forward for a little while when you think about all these challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like yeah, Lacey took over for a while, um, and just yeah, I mean, she's just great. Like I, I don't even know what to say. Like I know. just, and then yeah, uh, just yeah, she's so fucking great. And uh, in the, in the midst of all her great back work and stuff like that, and uh, I got to say, they both did camel clutches with like double fish fish hooks. So there's that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Lacey out of nowhere hits this like vicious huge spin kick to the. To the face of Lacey, or uh, to the right? face of Sarah Donald. Just out yeah. of nowhere. That was, that was pretty, that, that got me. She also did some face wipes in the corner, like she was Samoa Joe. Face yeah. washes. <laughs> so. Yeah, I popped for that. That was cool. Like, yeah, it's, she can really turn it on when she's like, when she gets on top and, and starts going on offense. Like, I, yeah, I just love her. And yeah, and Dore makes, makes a big comeback, you know, like hit, hits her big boots. To start oh, to, like, to do her comeback, I love them, and yeah. yeah, she does. She does the butterfly, and then Lacey gets out of it by just beating on her, like <laughs> literally just in the face, and then she gets a, a backcracker, long blower yeah. for a new fall. Like we get new falls back and forth, back and forth. Like they've been going for a while at this point, mm-hmm. and then Lacey, I can't remember what provoked it. I think Lacey was just like hitting her. In the face, and then Delray just fires the fuck up, like really, yeah. like really intensely. Like I loved it, and then just like bam, just yokes her up, butterfly, bang, does the slam, one, two, and oh, Lacey's foot was on the ropes. Oh, that was um, such a good the, near fall. It was good, and it was brilliant, and it was perfect for us because where the camera angle was, uh. The referee counting obscured our vision of Lacey's foot. So, like, it takes you a second. Like, there's, like, one, two, and then you're expecting that that was it and the three, but then, like, oh, no. And then 
you, the rest ends up and you're like, oh, Lacey's foot was on the rope. Like, you know, you sort of like, you find that out a second later and it's just, yeah, it was really actually well done and a really great new fall. And then, yeah, and then Del Rey, but I mean, Del Rey's had it and she just yoinks it back up into the butterfly. Um, and Lacey struggles for a while, like, and then eventually she's just like, yeah, okay, and taps. <laughs> like, yeah. And and set and like says it when she does it. Like, <laughs> she does, and she like laid in the ring forever. She's talking, <laughs> I loved it. She laid like this was so great that like she laid in the ring. Delray went off like with the title belt, and Lacey, and again, like you said, the difference in crowds, I guess as well, because like Lacey eventually got up and walked out and was actually clapped off by the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> because this was so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- first of all, uh, I just have a few comments here, like. First of all, this building was hot as fuck. Um, so, and this match, like, when I watched it, um, how long did you feel like this match was? It felt like, I knew they were going long. It felt like, over, like, it felt like maybe it was about 25 minutes. Yeah, it ended up being 29. Like, when I watched it, like, when it was over, I'm like, oh, that was like 20 minutes. And then... Prezak was like, oh, nearly 30 minutes. I'm like, what? You're fucking kidding me. Like, this match blew by. It it did fly by. Like, it, yeah, you're right. I think, I think because I subconsciously, like, I knew how much time was left on the the video when I was watching uh, it. So, like, I, I may have just expected it to go long. But, like, I, yeah, I still didn't feel like it was a whole half hour match. I hate like it it really, (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I have no time for them anymore, but yeah. It didn't feel like it, so. It really didn't. Like, it, it flew by, and it was always interesting. And they really kept – and even just the pace. Like, they kept the pace up for that whole half hour. You didn't you didn't feel like, oh, they're going long kind of thing. Like, you know, when they sit in a hole for the first ten minutes? Oh, like, yeah, there was none of that. It, it was none of that, like, at all. Like, you would, you would never know how long they were going when they started this match, which is a credit to them. Mm-hmm. And, and Sarah Del Rey, yeah, I she just, hit a missile dropkick, which was cool. But she missed a moonsault, but – uh, high flying Sarah Del Rey in this match. Yeah. See, whenever Del Rey busts out the moonsault, I feel like she misses. Like she, she's like angle. Like she only does it to miss. Yeah. <laughs> so far, like maybe that will change one day. But um, but yeah, no, it was really great, and I think, and I like that so far. I mean, we've had two uh, title matches so far. Both of them have been really like really long, really drawn out, like title matches and, and like not drawn out in a bad way but just that they've been long um and they've sort of given them all the time that they need and I think it's it's good a good way to sort of differentiate the title matches and make them feel like extra special on top of just being like the main event of the show because mm-hmm. um, we usually do get like pretty good like epic main events and now there's just sort of like another level they go to when it's a title match you know um Completely, so I yeah. just yeah, I really it felt yeah, it felt different. It felt like an, another level. And yeah, and they were both just fucking great in it. Like, I can't yeah. I mean we we keep saying this constantly. I just I can't get over how fucking great Lacey is. And it's like and Del Rey, it's like it's you almost take it for granted. It's like that Daniel Bryan sort of situation where like you take for granted how great they are because they're just effortlessly great all the time. Yeah. You know, you don't expect anything different. Like, but she's just amazing. Like, I don't know what to say, but... Like, here's the thing. Who the fuck talks about how great Lacey was? Well, that's the... And and that's what gets me. Like, 
because I, I wasn't really up with the indie scene at the time, like when she was actually working. And it was just, you just hear names kind of thing. And you just sort of hear the names of people that are like supposed to be the good workers. Like you always heard about like Del Rey, you know, Mercedes, Chilina, Melissa is like the good workers kind and of thing. And people talk about Lacey that like she's one of the better like, managers of that era. Yeah, she's a manager. And I guess because Ring of Honor was so much more high profile than Shimmer was at the time that like Lacey was mainly known for like the Jimmy Jacobs angle and just being, being a manager and, and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, you know, and she's great enough at that. And I just, yeah, I think it's probably just a sim, you know, a symptom that like Ring of Honor was just so much more high profile than what Shimmer was doing that, that that's what people knew her for, like for the, the Jimmy stuff. But I mean, yeah, it's just, and but that's what I mean. Like nobody really ever said that. Oh, like she's such a great worker, but it's just she was such a fucking great worker. She was, and I wasn't expect like I wasn't expecting it. Like even even from the first volume when I started watching them, it's like actually Lacey's pretty good. And then now I'm at a point where like Lacey is is fucking incredible. Like she's the best. Like I mean, Delray probably still is, but like Lacey is like far and away the best heel worker on the show. And, For sure, and it's like, and she definitely should be in these title matches, like as as the top star. Like it just, yeah. It's like, um, t- like watching her is like, what if CM Punk was athletic? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's my impression of her. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll pay that. I get that. <laughs> that's my Lacey, uh, yeah, statement is. If CM Punk was athletic, he'd be, she, he'd be as good as Lacey. Um, but obviously he had a longer career. If Lacey actually cared about wrestling and actually tried at it. Um, well, and that's, that's the thing. Like, it, and that's, I know we've talked about this before as well, that like she literally just wrestled on the weekends to get through school and get a real job. Yeah. And which, I mean, which, which frankly makes her like the smartest wrestler of all of them anyway. But yeah. like, it's, she was too good for the wrestling yeah. business, is is what I think. On, honestly, I think that's that's the case. Like, it just yeah, but she's just unbelievable, and I, I yeah, I can't believe how good she is. Because like you said, like I knew her name, like just as a heel and a manager and a character, but like not as the whole package. And she absolutely is. I, I went to uh, Wikipedia. Um, yeah, so, yeah, she's a lifelong equestrian and owns a, her own horse in Minnesota. Yeah, who the fuck would wrestle if you have a horse? <laughs> like, seriously, just fucking ride a horse all the time. I'm, I mean, I couldn't tell you, I've never ridden a horse. Um, I've ridden a camel. Does that count? Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. So I've ridden a horse then. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> we'll go with that. So uh, we end the On show. <laughs> we'll end the show with uh, Sarah Del Rey uh, giving a nice little promo here. Um, pretty much the uh, the belt means everything, and this is the proof I'm the best wrestler in the world. I, I thought this was really good and and showed off. Um, yeah, yeah, showed off how awesome Shimmer is, really. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, just good little promo to cap it off, and then yeah, that was the show. Which it was actually a pretty good show, like a lot of good matches on there. Not a lot of, not a super lot of filler, really. Like it seemed like not really, no. 
the undercard wasn't as deep as maybe sometimes it can get. Like, it was... I guess because they had a big match on so early in the danger match. Yeah, yeah. Normally that danger match would have been, like, two more uh, undercard matches to build up the show. So there was that. And I I think we forgot to mention, if you want to watch this show, as you should want to watch this show, uh, go to streamshimmer.com and get their streaming service uh, and and watch it. And watch along with us. And then uh, after you finish this show, um, watch volume 15 for... So you're ready for the next podcast. So you can you can actually um, compare what we talk about to what is actually being seen and see if we're you know smart or idiots. Yeah, I mean we may be way off. I mean who knows? You, you got to watch watch the shows and and decide for yourself. So yeah, absolutely. I mean I'm I mean I'm definitely getting my money's worth because these these have been really really good shows. Yeah. And. Yeah, and I'm really excited for the next uh, next set of tapings we watch. If we get some new blood in, they'll be back in um, back in Berwyn, I believe. Do you know the two title matches? No, I do not. Um, so Sarah Del Rey defends the title. Well, there's two title defenses. Um, one is against Kong, and one is against Sarah Stock. Ooh. So as they kind of yeah. hinted uh, during the main event. That these two yeah. probably deserve title shots, um, yeah, and, and and they get them. So, um, very excited yeah. for what that could be. Honestly, that yeah, absolutely fucking insane. Um, yes. What else? Do you want to talk about anything else? No, I think that's it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's end the show then. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, you know, uh, go to Pro Wrestling Only's podcast feed. Listen to all the other cool podcasts on there. Um, what else can they do? Go to pressingonly.com. It's a great uh, message board, or has been. Uh, will be again. It is now. It's awesome, right? Charles runs it. Charles rules. We all love Charles. Uh, Charles. Yeah. What else? Ring of Honor's podcast is really good. Uh, the Through the Years with Trevor and my boy Matt, Matt. yes <laughs> Matt. who I've done so many podcasts with and I just forgot his name for a second uh, and that's our sister promo- our sister podcast so go listen to that um, anything else let's wanna, end the show Stacey I'm, I'm rambling yeah you, we're going off the rails here but yeah basically yeah watch Shimmer listen to our show and definitely catch us back next time for volume 15 see you next time